This is Jason Holleran. I proudly served for 33 years, culminating as the Deputy Commandant at West Point. Put this on your calendar. World War II weekend inside Old Bethpage Village Restoration on Long Island. Scores of operational vintage armor in formation May 18th and 19th. Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman invites you to join him in saluting America's greatest generation and all those who have worn the uniform in defense of our freedoms. That's May 18th and 19th, presented by the Museum of American Armor. From Wall Street to the White House, this is the Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. We're going to do some money in politics with Liz Peek, Fox News contributor, syndicated columnist, and Steve Moore of FreedomWorks and Committee to Unleash Prosperity Hotline, and his excellent radio show, More Money, follows this show at 1 p.m. on most of these very same stations. Welcome back, kids. Liz Peake, start with you. I would say Trump 10, Caitlin Collins 0. <laughs> oh, gosh, what a fiasco. Uh, <laughs> That's what I'd say. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I mean, certainly she was no match for uh, Trump. There's no question. He just sort of steamrolled over her. Uh, and, and honestly, she came off as pesky and sort of an irritating little gnat sort of buzzing around his ears, you know. <laughs> yes. That was sort of the, the message. But, but you know, at, at the end of the day, who really won from that? I'd say CNN. I mean, what, they get 3.7 million viewers or something mm-hmm. like that, the highest mm-hmm. audience in years for CNN. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Trump obviously won in the sense that he did confront the audience. And if we're talking about a Trump-Biden rematch, uh, you know, I mean, it's pretty clear that he can hold his own. I mean, the next day, Larry, there was someone tweeting saying, gosh, not a single question from Caitlin Collins about mental acuity or age, but lots of questions for Biden. And I tweeted back, well, yeah, it's because pretty obviously Trump can handle it yeah. and Biden can't. I mean, what a stark difference we saw, right? That's an important point. Uh, Trump was, uh, you know, Steve, Trump was on his game. He may actually have improved his game. And I want to say, too, uh, the questions from uh, Caitlin Collins were, were all these gotcha questions yeah. about the past. But, you know, the questions from the voters were substantive questions on the mm-hmm. economy and the border and Ukraine and so forth. And, Steve, I think they handled them. Pre- he handled it very well. And I love Drill Baby Drill. Loved yeah. it. <laughs> that was a great moment. Well, I have a little confession to make. Unlike the, you all, I didn't watch that whole debate. Oh, <laughs> but, but, no. But I, but I did watch, uh, you know, a lot of the highlights of it. And uh, I came away, first of all, if he, had, if he had acted like that in the first debate with Joe Biden, he would still be president today. Oh. I really believe that. I mean, the first debate with Biden was such a catastrophe. And, you know, he was angry. He was kind of mean and nasty. And this he, was one, sick he, was, he was sick, too, by the way. Was he? I was wondering about that. He had COVID. No, no, he had COVID. But, 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 you know, what people don't like about Trump, there are a lot of things people don't like about Trump. But one thing people don't like about him is this kind of chaos that he <laughs> sometimes engenders. What I loved about his performance, and I didn't like every answer he gave, was he was calm, he was confident, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, and, and he just, you know, I, I, thought, I was really impressed with how he answered the questions, you know, so readily, you know, mm-hmm. and he didn't have to think about it. And I did love, I mean, my favorite moment was because I, when he was asked that question about what do we do out of inflation, I was thinking, how would I, you know, how would I answer that question? 
And he just nailed it. And he mm. said, drill, baby, drill. And what I loved, I mean, the audience just erupted in yeah. applause yeah. when he said that. And so I love that because you and I both talked to Trump. Stop the trash talking. Stick to the yeah. issues. And one yeah. final thing I'll say, you know, Trump's path to the White House, if there is one, and I think there is, I'm, and I'm not taking sides in, in among the, you know, outstanding Republican field, is to just do what Reagan did. Look straight into that camera and say to the American people, are you better off than you were four years ago? Mm. And clearly, 70 percent of Americans don't think that they are. It's going to be a pocketbook election, Liz. Yep. And that's going to give him an advantage in the primaries and in the general. Now, I, we haven't heard from DeSantis. DeSantis is a very smart guy. Uh, he's a little too wokey right now fighting Disney, but I'm sure he'll have an economic agenda. Uh, yeah. So we haven't heard from that yet. But I will say Trump laid out his economic agenda. I mean, he mentioned, of course, drill, baby, drill. But he also mentioned his tax cuts and his deregulation. And I think that, you know, those are his strengths. Those are his strengths. He did it once. He could do it again. I I agree 100 percent. And I think one of the big untold stories right now uh, is how this regulatory tidal wave is again engulfing our economy, slowing growth, just mm-hmm. like it did during the Obama regula- uh, administration. You remember, Larry, all those articles all of us would write about green shoots from the mm-hmm. coming back from the 2008 uh, recession and how then Obama would roll out another regulation and it would stifle those green shoots. The exact same thing is happening now. And and really, people aren't commenting on very much, but this new thing with power plant emissions and mm-hmm. all the stuff about what kind of dishwasher you can have, and most of it's climate-related, but not all. Some of it's having to do with labor economics and Joe Biden's big pro-union push, which, by the way, yes, unions are getting energized, and that's a great thing for our country. We have strikes to look forward to, more wage demands, et cetera. There's just a lot of stuff that's going wrong out of this White House. And I think I think Trump can talk about that, and it would be a very powerful thing. But by the way, Trump's economic agenda and DeSantis's look a lot alike, right? Yeah, I mean, I think DeSantis really has to make this case, both of these men have a record to run on in terms of guiding a very successful economy. So both need to do it. It'll be very strong in the general, but probably not the differentiating thing in the primary. You know, Steve, that's just uh, one of Liz's points, the regulations. This power plant edict from the EPA, I mean, this could could knock out 40 to 50 percent of our power, of our electric power. That's how bad this is. And they're arguing you have to go to uh, carbon capture and you have to go to hydrogen. The technology doesn't even exist now in any, uh, you know, scale them up uh, uh, way. This is insanity. They will take out half of the utility grid. It, it is lunatic. And you're right. I would I would say over 60 percent. You know, people I was just looking up. these. Is that numbers. what it is? It we could be. Some, yeah, we had something in the hotline on this. So we get. Uh, 65% of our electric power generation in America from oil, gas, and coal. Oh. 65%. 65%. Now, uh, I, one thing that shocks me about Biden, actually, at this stage of his presidency is that, you know, both Clinton and even Obama started pivoting to the middle, oh. you know, at this stage. 
Biden shows no signs of that. What I mean, it is full speed ahead with this radical agenda on tax. I mean, first of all, he wants to raise uh, tax rates on investment to seventy and eighty percent. He wants to this green agenda would knock out half. You're, you're right, at least half of our power plants in America over the next decade. Really, we're gonna we're gonna provide you know the, enough electric power for a twenty four trillion dollar industrial economy with windmills. I mean, really, is yeah. that their agenda? Yeah. So, you know, China isn't going to do that. How are we going to compete with China, Larry, if they're getting their power from, you know, coal and, and natural gas and thousand fuels and we're relying on solar power and wind? I mean, it is it is uh, an anti-America agenda. Uh, Trump really needs to jump jump on that. But I, I just am shocked. I don't know about you guys, but at this point, Biden should be moving. He's not even moving to the middle one inch on the budget and the debt issue, which is a huge issue for Americans. Or, or the border. I mean, can we just yeah, stop exactly. for a moment and look at what's going on? Going on in the southern border. I mean, yep. is there anything that mainstream America uh, is is concerned about that he is addressing? I think honestly, the answer is no. And yep. you know, mainstream America is concerned about overspending. They're concerned about tens of thousands of people every week coming into our country illegally. Right now, people don't even know where to put them. I mean, it's a ridiculous mm-hmm. situation. Uh, I, I, Steve, I think you're really right. I, I don't understand. Well, the only way really to understand it is that the people around Biden don't think he's going to run for a second term. Maybe. That whatever, yeah. there's something's going to happen where he doesn't right. have four more years, and so there is no need to pivot. I mean, that's one way to interpret it. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours, like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. Well, Gavin Newsom can't win because he's got all of a sudden a $30 billion budget deficit in California. <laughs> yeah. $30 yes. billion and, in one state. And, and uh, he's well, just done this for Robert F. Kennedy on... Jr. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> what were you going to say, Liz? Well, I was going to say he just did this flip-flop on, on reparations, which I, I think has to be one of the most boneheaded saints <laughs> ever. Uh, I mean, you kind of get everyone all whooped up about, wow, you're going to be the first in the nation to provide people with reparations. How fabulous is that? And then you pull the rug out from under. Now he's saying, you know, nothing's – I mean, it's always possible that he comes back and, and champions this. But it was a ridiculous recommendation uh, that was going to bankrupt his state. Obviously, it was going to go in that direction. So I – I, boy, I, th- I don't know. I thought it was there an were no slaves in blunder. California. There were yeah, no California slaves in California. California was a free state. Yeah, eighteen fifty. No slavery. I still don't understand it. I don't. I don't. For the life of me, it's just the most. I want to move out there just to get all this money they're giving. Yeah, but Larry, it's very simple in the case of Gavin Newsom. If he wants to run for president, he has to make headway with black voters, and he's nowhere with black voters. So <clears throat> this was his big idea, and uh, boy, oh boy, the, that ship just sailed off and then sank like a stone. Steve. So, Larry, can I just circle back to Trump for a minute? Yeah. Because uh, I think this was – look, he was a big winner this week. By the way, it's so funny. I do read, like, I watch MSNBC and, and you know, the more left-wing, and they, like – 
you know, Trump was the big loser this week. And what, what are they talking about? And people really got re-energized by that performance. But I know you talk to him all the time, and he's got to stop talking about the election. Now, of course, the media yeah. keeps goading him into talking about that. He yeah, to, I mean, I don't, maybe, I don't, think, I don't yeah. think he'd want – I mean, she just kept harping away at that. Oh, I know, but I, I'm not sure he that, wanted Larry. to go there. And my because, point is, you know, why doesn't he just say, look, I think the election was, you know, was stolen, but we're not. But uh, Americans want him to focus on 2024, not 2020. Yeah, the future. Oh, I agree. But look at, you know, Molly Hemingway was on the TV show and, you know, her argument is still the best argument. That election, it, it, counting, ba- counting phony ballots over and over again wasn't the issue. It was the Zuckerbucks left-wing yeah, of uh, yeah. harvesting yeah. that did it. And that's, I still think that's his best argument to that. But, you know, look at how well he answered the questions yeah. from the voters. I think mm-hmm. that was the tip-off that he's yeah. at the top of his game. I mean, that's really, I think, what, what won him this thing. When she stopped buzzing around his ears, as, as Liz put it. I mean, honest to God. Um, just one, come back to the power thing. There's a good op-ed, a uh, chap named Ben Lieberman. I don't know who he yeah. is. He's with the Competitive Enterprise Institute, I think. Lighting, yeah. furnaces, washing machines, dishwashers. Let me see what else he's got here. Air conditioners, okay? And now you can't have any electricity from power plants. I mean, this yeah. is like a dictatorial, central planning, regulatory state. This well, is, it is. Well, you people know, did, don't do you like know this. That gonna, uh, did you hear that they're um, uh, uh, renaming the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms? It's now going to be the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, Air Conditioners, Grass Stoves. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, I, people don't like this. Uh, DeRoy, Mur- DeRoy Murdoch looked in the camera on the TV show the other night, and he just said, you're not my mother. You, you can't tell us how to behave and live like this. They're interfering with our everyday life, and they well, keep and doing it under the roost of climate change. I agree, and I think at the end of the day, what is really going to make voters wake up to this threat is because their electricity prices are going up enormously. Mm-hmm. America mm-hmm. has been blessed with very cheap electricity for decades. Last year, I think it was up 14% for the nation overall. It's going to be up probably more this year. You can trace that exactly back to all these mandates, all these restrictions. And But to your point, Larry, how stupid is it to be driving everybody down the road towards everything be ele- being electrical, like mainly cars, and then basically decide you're not going to be able to produce the electricity. That's what's happened in California, and that's what they want to do nationwide. So, you know, we this message has to get out. Trump has to get smart about this. DeSantis has to get smart. Whoever's running on the right, this is a real threat to our country. And these zealots who are in the White House just don't care. They don't care that it's a threat. People really need to bring this home. Well, that's music to my ears, if it is true. Um, look, Republicans hold all the cards here. They're winning this debate. Uh, they're, they're actually they're winning by a big margin. I mean, the polls so overwhelmingly Americans don't support Biden's position of simply saying, I'm not going to negotiate. He's schizophrenic in his messaging. One, one day, one out of one breath, he says it's going to be economic Armageddon if we don't have a budget 
uh, you know, passed. And the other, and the other says he's not going to negotiate. And so I think I'm in favor of the Republicans taking a pretty hard line here mm. because they are winning and they've got the public behind them for the first time. You know, I've been you and I have lived through these for what forty years, and mostly mm. it's been the Republicans who get blamed for the mm. crisis. But in this case, I think Biden has taken. Such a, and by the way, I just finished writing a column about how is it that that the the Democrats really got trapped here, and McCarthy, I salute him. But the the game changer was getting that bill through the House, yep. which I, even I didn't think he'd be able to get done. You know, Schumer didn't think he could get it done. Biden didn't think he'd get it done. And once they did it, it just changed the whole. Uh, tone of this debate. And I think the Republicans are going to walk off with a pretty big victory here. Spending caps, too, Liz, were on that list. Uh, this was an article from The Hill, and I went and checked on it, and um, sure enough, now, the staffs are still meeting. I mean, it's going to be an arduous process. Uh, I don't think June 1 is really the date. I mean, the CBO came out and said if they get through the corporate tax date June 15th, They'll be fine through July. So I think this is going to last quite some time. But I must say, Steve is right. Uh, McCarthy's got the upper hand. And you could have some very serious uh, reforms. And I might add, these are pro-growth reforms, and they're anti-inflationary reforms. Well, anytime you check government writ large, you are talking about a growth-related reform for sure. I agree with Steve that I think the American people connect big spending with inflation. Inflation remains one of the top concerns among voters. So, yes, I think they're pretty in in bed with this idea. And I think there's been enough conversation about how Joe Biden in the past has voted against uh, ceiling increases and so forth to make him out to be very hypocritical on this. But, you know, there's a bigger story here, which is that the GOP Congress in general is doing extremely well. Mm. Uh, you know, they just passed a border mm. bill, for heaven's sakes, an immigration mm. bill. I think that's huge. I mean, again, lots of different factions in the party, lots of different points of view on a very hot-button issue, but they got a bill done. So good for them, good for Kevin McCarthy. I mean, all that you know, hand-wringing over how we weren't ever going to see this uh, caucus get together on anything, that's just not true. And, I, I, you know, right now I'm feeling very positive uh, about Kevin McCarthy and about the fact that the Freedom Caucus is working with him. Uh, you know, some of those guys were down at, um, uh, at the Freedom Works event. I think they're very smart people. They know what they're doing. It's just not – a nutty group. And, you know, I'm, I don't know, I'm kind of optimistic that they're going to hold, yes, Biden's feet to the fire on, on this uh, spending situation, but also on other issues. Steve, I'm staggered at how the Bidens think this border catastrophe <laughs> is not important. Yeah. I mean, really, I mean, they lie about it or they attack the judges. I mean, it's like they they don't it's not on their radar screen and the rest of the country is in an uproar about this and um it's like every state is a border state because the people are coming through and they're in into the interior of the country and there's no place to put them uh, they're not going to get uh health care uh they're not going to get shelter and lodging they're displacing yep. veterans here in new york in the shelter uh, homeless uh, hotels I mean, but the, but Biden's are, it's like it's it's not important. It's it's not much of an issue. I I'm staggered by this. This is an incredible political miscalculation. 
And and as you said the other night on your show, it is a it is a, a vast um, humanitarian crisis. I yes. was watching yesterday some of the uh, footage of these migrants. And by the way, the migrants are just coming here. You know, Biden's basically come on. You know, waving them in. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I I saw a couple you know pictures that just scared me and and really demoral. I mean, these migrant women were literally this migrant woman was holding crossing the river, and the river was up to her you know, practically her chin, and she's holding her young baby over mm. her head, mm. you know, and it's, it's just, it was so depressing that, that we're in this kind of situation right now. Um, and, you know, Trump, Trump had it, you know, he, he basically said, look, number one, we're going to secure the border. And he was on the way doing that. He hadn't entirely done it, but he certainly were along the way in terms of building the wall and other policies. And then he said, like, once we have the, the border in check, then we can have a rational immigration system mm-hmm. <laughs> that can get mm-hmm. the workers in this country that we need. And it is now chaos. And it's because of this. Again, it's to some point that um, you were making, Liz, earlier, that this agenda of the Biden administration is being driven by the hardcore leftists of the yeah. party. All right, kids, I got to stop. Liz Peake, thank you very much. Steve Moore, thank you, folks. Thank Watch, you. Uh, listen to Steve Moore radio show coming right up. I'm Kublo, and we'll be back next weekend.